Welcome to the Australian Digital Health Agency podcast, supporting health professionals to realise a healthier future for Australians through connected healthcare. Hello and welcome to the Australian Digital Health Agency podcast. I'm Dr Andrew Rochford. And before we begin, uh, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are broadcasting from and in which you are listening. I wish to acknowledge their continuing connection to land, sea and community, and I pay my respects to them and to Elders past, present and emerging, and extend the respect to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples joining us today. The implementation of electronic prescriptions has seen some changes in the way that pharmacies manage prescriptions. Today we are going to answer some of the questions that pharmacies have asked about how electronic prescriptions affect workflows within pharmacies. To help answer your questions, I have a wonderful panel joining me today. Firstly, Regina Cowie, the Healthcare Services Manager for API. Ben Wilkins, a pharmacist and clinical reference lead for the agency. New South Wales practitioner member on the Pharmacy Board of Australia. And Andrew Matthews, Director of Medicine Safety at the agency. Hello and welcome to everyone. Before we kick things off, Regina, you've been preparing Priceline for electronic prescriptions. What has been your experience today? Um, thanks for having me on. We knew electronic prescriptions were coming. We had a plan in place, which unfortunately had to be fast-tracked and COVID really was the mechanism behind that. So our plan and timelines were pushed forward. As we know, there was lots of implementation that had to move really quickly. We had a really strong project plan. We had a communication plan. We had lots of other smaller plans around change management, uh, stakeholder management. Um, and really what we did was work really quickly with our internal teams to communicate to our network what needed to be done to make sure that we were ready to go. And what was really great is our teams embraced this change. They worked with us. We asked them for patience and understanding because we knew that we didn't know little, little everything really. Um, so we had a great experience overall. And as a result, we're dispensing within Priceline in particular, the most electronic prescription so far. So you'd say it's gone pretty smoothly so far? It's not without its challenges, absolutely. Um, but overall, our pharmacies are just getting on with the job. They know that this is a change. They're embracing the change. Um, and we're just making it work the best way we can. And, and it proves every day. We're working on lots of um, pieces to implement such a smooth process with electric, electronic prescribing. And they know that this is the future. Ben, over to you now. And you've been assisting pharmacies prepare for electronic prescriptions. What's your experience been? Thanks, Andrew. I'm finding a lot of pharmacists know what to do, as in the generalised, but they're not quite sure how or what's involved. Uh, and there's been varying knowledge with the terminology. So a little bit of background there makes the steps much easier to progress and be set up. The first steps, of course, generally involve the proprietor and making sure you've got your NASH encryption and BRX and, and pharmacies on the whole have managed that pretty well. Uh, and of course, there's the identifiers for the premises, the practitioner and the patient. They're starting to understand that better. And then there's the software and the hardware. Uh, the hardware is actually not a huge issue for most pharmacies, uh, but configuration or setup for the software just might require just a little bit of time. And then that means all the workflow and processes are much, much more comfortable from there. 
Uh, and of course, there's the education for the staff, for the customers and, and better interactions with the GP about your readiness. So they're, they're probably the key components, the, the proprietor and the internal mechanisms, getting the workflow and then getting the communications up and running. Andrew, can every pharmacy dispense electronic prescriptions now? Thank you, Andrew. Uh, as Ben just said, there is some important technical uh, impl implications that you need to set up in your pharmacy. So you must have uh, software that is has the capability, uh, the functionality to be able to dispense an electronic prescription. So that means that uh, the software that you use as a pharmacist in your pharmacy, your dispensing software, has to be upgraded and be conformant with the technical framework that the Australian Digital Health Agency has published. Uh, so most pharmacies around the country now, and we know that there's still a few more to go, um, there's uh, a range of different things that they need to do around connecting to the healthcare identifier service, for example, that has slowed a small number of pharmacies up. But the agency is pretty confident in our discussions with software vendors uh, that more than 85% of pharmacies around the country at the time of recording this podcast um, are ready with their software to uh, be able to dispense electronic prescriptions. Regina, from your experience, what may change at the Scripps in-counter or, or that part of the process? Yeah, it's a very good question and the Scripps in-counter process will change. There's also consideration for those who are already forward dispensing um, and those modifications are a working progress, um, but we do know that they are adjusting the, the way that they receive scripts in. We're quite lucky within Priceline in particular, we use the same dispense system. So we're able to develop standard operating procedures and help them with workflow and processes in the script in counter. Uh, but we do remember that paper and electronic prescriptions will continue to coexist. But what we are seeing now is customers presenting with a QR code to electronic script on their phone. And these are being scanned by the customer using a scanner at the scripts encounter um, and pushed through to a queuing platform, um, which I believe we're talking about a bit later on. So we're working really closely with our pharmacies and being a pharmacist as well, I get my hands dirty and get in there and actually work out what's best for our, our network really to make sure that this process is really streamlined. But we do know that it is a work in progress um, and at the moment we're scanning into the queuing system at the, Q, the QR code in the scripts encounter and Unfortunately, at this stage, most of our pharmacies aren't actually dispensing in paper prescriptions. So when those two combine, again, we'll have to adjust what that looks like. But the standard workflow between the two options at this stage is remaining quite separate, but we're working to integrate those into a single workflow, which will be the best way moving forward. And has there been many changes to the scripts out? processes? Absolutely. And this really is key to making sure um, that you're giving out the correct medication to the correct person as you do normally with a paper script. So that verification is really quite key. And the digital and online landscape may see new patients presenting for e-scripts. The pharmacy will need a clear identity pro process to ensure that the correct medicine is definitely handed out to the intended person at this scripts out counter. Um, in terms of patient agent signature, as you know, the key difference with electronic scripts is there's no signature required at the scripts out as you do with a hard copy script. So that's a, a really key benefit, but we do have 
uh, standard operating procedures and processes in place to make sure that the correct medicine is handed out to the correct patient in lieu of actual paper script. Ben, you wanted to add something? Yeah, thank you, Andrew. I just wanted to remind everyone what we're used to with the paper prescription. It's usually in the drawer or the patient presents it over the counter or it comes from a mechanism like a fax or an email or the mobile app. So they're the four main ones that we're used to with our scripts in process. And the scanner definitely will be something that's quite important. And this whole electronic prescription evolution is really going to see not necessarily baby steps, but it's it's not a sprint. And we're going to see other options that suit the customer emerge. And uh, some of the vendors are, actually have apps that may be utilised and linked to their queuing software. So in that situation, you don't actually need a direct scanner. So I think there's going to be inbuilt flexibilities and it'll be horses for courses. Some pharmacies will just want to do it via scanner and others will come up with slightly modified techniques of everything they've been used to. Andrew, over to you. I just wanted to add to Ben's comments there and that the agency and the department have recognised that the introduction of electronic prescribing in itself, like many digital tools, is really an opportunity uh, to increase functionality and the accessibility of medicines and the, the different ways doctors can prescribe medicines, pharmacists can dispense, or uh, consumers can access their medicines. So we think it's like many uh, aspects of digital health, that it's an enabling tool. Uh, and we're looking forward to the options that, uh, that the innovative software developers and uh, health professionals will come up with to uh, to provide different options in this world. And we're already seeing that under the COVID-19 uh, National Health Plan and the opportunities that electronic prescribing has provided uh, for telehealth, for example, and the remote access of being able to send a prescription uh, via a token uh, to their pharmacy uh, and get it dispensed and then home delivered uh, without any direct contact as such uh, or direct physical contact. Um, the, in, in that aspect. So I really do think that some of these use cases for the whole digital health world, especially around electronic prescribing, are coming to the fore. So how does a patient remotely send a token to a pharmacy? Andrew, there's a number of mechanisms that we see out in our normal life, and they're going to come into the pharmacy. And remembering that the token really doesn't have identifiers for the prescriber or the patient, uh, outside of some initials, they actually may come from mechanisms that we haven't traditionally seen. Uh, of course, we're going to get them via SMS and email, uh, and they'll be within the mobile patient apps. They're, they're the basic ones. It's important that this uh, the queuing software, and some of it's inbuilt in the dispense system, some of it's separate. Uh, but the queuing system, as we get our stride with it and get more comfortable uh, and see different mechanisms that the patient might present the prescription, um, we're really going to see a way and we handle that and the queuing software will be quite important. Regina, how are you seeing this process at Priceline? What we looked at was really an omni-channel experience and taking what we've learned from other big global multinational companies in regards to customer first and their experiences and the way that they've achieved success, we looked at that with electronic prescribing across our brand as well. So you can order through our Priceline Pharmacy app 
Uh, you could order through our Priceline Pharmacy website, through email and various other channels. So it really was about engaging tried and tested models that work and then implementing that across the pharmacy sector. Ben, as a pharmacist, I mean, what are some of the hardware resources that I might need to think about? On the whole, most pharmacies are pretty set up and ready to go. Uh, however, uh, some enhancements might be required and a great place to start is with your software vendor because uh, they often have checklists uh, and they can, they've tested dozens and dozens, uh, let's say, uh, scanners, so they can actually give recommendations. So in terms of hardware, it's really important probably to look at your scripts in counter uh, and the layout in that regard and make sure that you've got a, a scanner at, at that point because you don't want to be taking a customer's phone and taking it out into the back of the dispensary, of course, to uh, to scan a token. So there might be some modifications at the script in, which is physical, of course. The scanners on the whole, if they're a three or four years old, they'll all work and you can actually test that out just with any QR code and a browser open. And again, the software vendors can give guidance on that because there's been a lot of work there. Uh, and we, I think practically we don't want to be trying to scan a token 10 times standing on one leg to make it work. So you do want a decent scanner, but you don't need to rush out and buy 10. You really just need one at your key uh, script in points. Uh, there are some pharmacies, believe it or not, running old hardware with Windows 7. Uh, that's no longer supported and has security concerns. Uh, so that might be a consideration. That's obviously software, hardware um, that, that may need to be looked at. Uh, but all pharmacies are going to have their own personal preferences, but it's a good time to put a, a plan in place to evolve your hardware into the modern world. Regina? Uh, I'd like to add to the hardware. We also encouraged our pharmacies to have a second screen in their dispense terminals. And that screen really was dedicated to the queuing platform. So they'd be able to see what was queued and where the progress of scripts that are being dispensed or completed in a separate screen. So they didn't have multiple browsers on their dispense terminal. And it really just helps with the way that we've implementing workflow changes within the dispensary. So that could be as simple as a separate iPad set up next to the dispense terminal or an additional screen. And may I ask in that regard, have you been encouraging, uh, let's say the dispensing screen to have one and potentially one on a checking screen as well? In some instances, yes, but overall we have just encouraged an additional screen on every dispense terminal. So there are instances in really busy pharmacies where they have gone above and beyond that, but it does really work quite well if you had the queuing platform. And as I said before, we use the same IT dispense software across our whole brand, so it makes it really easy to streamline these to visualise what's going on in the queue and then separate to your dispense so you're not going between screens. Terrific, thank you. One of the other frequently asked questions is to do with the, the scanning of the tokens from the phone directly. How does this work in a busy pharmacy? It's a really good question. So we do have dedicated assistants or pharmacists that are out actually just taking scripts in and scanning these on our scanners. 
we also work quite closely with one of the vendors and they're developing an app and this app can be on a phone and it also works as an, an extra ability, a concierge per se, to be able to scan in electronic scripts of other people's phones as well. So there are multiple avenues to accept a token from people's phones, um, but ultimately we also encourage the app to be used, um, SMS and email functionality as well, so we can just continue to queue electronic scripts quite seamlessly. Andrew, can I add on that? Uh, I think it's important for pharmacies just to consider policies for confidentiality and handling phones and avoiding uh, hygiene risks and all those type of things, which we've all had to live with COVID. So uh, because we're receiving the scripts in a slightly different mechanism, as an electronic prescription, it, it's worth giving a little bit of thought to that and making sure the staff are very confident with it. No, that's a very good point. One of the other frequently asked questions that I'd like to ask is to do with incoming electronic prescriptions. Can they be managed using the current basket system? Ben, I might go to you first. On the whole, pharmacists are pretty good with change. We experience a lot of it. However, we're probably not strong with changing from our workflow and some of the vendors have recognised that and have progressed ticket systems that go in baskets so that we can do it the old way, so to speak, or, or the way that we've become accustomed to. Uh, some vendors have taken a different approach uh, and they've replicated the basket system electronically. So that does feel quite new and it might feel a little bit clunky until people get their stride. It's essentially the same questions, just a different way of recording it. So another consideration, uh, and Regina touched on it a little bit, is uh, in their pharmacies, they've got pharmacists almost roaming the floor uh, dealing with um, electronic prescriptions. Some pharmacies are looking at models uh, a bit like what we see in supermarkets. There's the standard service like a checkout and then there's the self-service where you do it yourself or an express lane. So some pharmacies are considering slightly different ways of approaching the customer and improving their experience uh, and, and look that may or may not involve baskets so it really comes down to uh, the pharmacist and the pharmacy team and how they want to navigate that workflow. Regina did you have anything to add? This really is a working progress, uh, especially as we start to see a lot more electronic prescriptions come through and less paper prescriptions. So we've, we're playing around with a couple of options. And at the moment, we're working on laminating the front of a basket. And when an electronic prescription token is placed in the queue to place that person's surname on the basket, uh, to Ben's point, the old way, the way we've always done it. So that's working in some of our pharmacies and we're trialling and testing the best way to move forward on that model. Uh, but ultimately, we're looking at a kiosk, as, as was mentioned, a concierge service, and as much as possible, putting every single service and prescription 
through our queuing system. So we know exactly where everything is and it's all in the cloud and it's all digital. And what I mean by that is if someone's waiting for a flu vaccination, for example, that that's also queued or someone's waiting for a medication review, that's also queued. So you have this queuing system that not only includes electronic prescriptions, paper prescriptions, fax prescriptions, but all the other services that you apply across pharmacy. Andrew? I think what the discussion so far has um, highlighted is that this is a transitional period. It is a moment of, of significant change for pharmacy, but pharmacy has adapted to many aspects of change over many years. And so I think there's the principles that both Ben and Regina are highlighting um, give guidance on what pharmacy should be doing. And uh, as we've already mentioned, we don't think you should be taking the consumer's phone. Uh, you should have the scanner at the front of the counter for the opportunity for the consumer to scan that for himself. But nevertheless, uh, pharmacies will realise that they've got the certain workflows that suit them and will adapt to suit their own uh, structure in their own pharmacy. So I don't think there's necessarily any one single way of managing the workflow, uh, but the principles that have been discussed already today um, can give guidance to pharmacies uh, in what they might like to introduce. Andrew, I'd like to ask you a curly one to finish things off. What happens when the internet is down? Well, it's a really good point, Andrew. And as we move into a much more digitally reliant world, then there's all of those sorts of backups and arrangements that need to be put in place. Um, but can I just emphasise that, uh, you know, the things that we really need, and, and the discussion has already uh, touched on this, this today, uh, but you know, having the appropriate and upgraded software in there. So working on operating systems of Windows 95 or uh, older versions, is, it's just not going to cut it. From a broader point of view, pharmacies and general practice need to make sure that they have updated, upgraded software that has uh, you know, good security and firewalls and things associated with it. So that, that's a really important first step for any uh, positioning around digital health. Uh, we, we are very confident with the sustainability of the prescription delivery services, and there's good records over the last 10 years of their ability to, uh, to function with very, very limited downtime. From a general perspective, I mean, there are obviously times when the internet goes down and the difference is between whether it's down for a minute or two or whether it's down for an extended period. Uh, there are options for pharmacies to introduce 4G or 5G uh, backup systems uh, to ensure they maintain internet service for, uh, uh, connectivity. And, and we've certainly working through some processes now to make sure of uh, the business continuity planning overall for uh, electronic prescribing in, in general. But of course, there are um, the arrangements where uh, existing emergency supply provisions that align with state and territory requirements can already happen, and we've seen that happen in disaster periods and in moments of disaster anyway. So I think making sure that the foundational groundwork around having a good internet connection established right from the start, uh, ensuring that you've got the upgraded operational system for your, uh, for your hardware as well as your own um, upgraded software is really important. Um, but uh, you know, there's, there's other aspects that can be put in place to ensure you've got coverage. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, as we wrap things up, Ben, did you have some final points you'd like to add? Thanks, Andrew. I just wanted to pique everyone's awareness around some practical issues internally with uh, pharmacy processes. Uh, first of all, the 
electronic prescription obviously doesn't have a paper duplicate and a, something in the PBS claim file. So if a doctor or a patient uh, queried a script from a week or a month ago, uh, the audit log within the dispense systems will have specific steps to bring up that original dispensing. So it's quite important to become aware of those steps uh, on the occasion that you need to go back and double check what happened um, in, at that original dispensing time. The other component I wanted to really highlight, uh, and this is to do with our dispensing guidelines, whichever one that is followed, there's no real change. We, with a paper script or an electronic, we always have to properly identify um, the patient uh, so the correct medicine is dispensed for the correct person and it's handed out to the right person with counselling. So that hasn't changed in the electronic world. Of course, there's greater visibility, accountability and responsibility because it's not one-to-one -one with the paper, it's potentially one-to-many. So pharmacists need to be aware of documenting uh, and, and of course, there is the opportunity to do that electronically attached to a prescription. Uh, and also, pharmacists need to be aware there are some slight legislative amendments, and I'll give examples. In WA and New South Wales, uh, there are some changes for S8s, and it's important just to, to look at the peak body websites uh, or the state health department and just be aware of those so that we're on the front foot. Uh, so thank you. I just thought I wanted to share those practical tips for people to go home and just double check. No, that's wonderful. Thanks, Ben. Regina, did you have some final thoughts? Thanks. I really just wanted to say electronic prescribing is the future and we encourage you all to embrace change. We know change is hard, but it absolutely is where we should be heading. And there are plenty of resources and assistance out there from Peak Bodies, your banner groups, uh, and multiple other avenues. So reach out, read the information, and this is an extraordinary time we're living in. Um, and it, it you know, really is just the way of the future for electronic prescribing. Uh, well said, Regina. And, and thank you to all my panel guests today, Andrew, Ben, and Regina. Thank you for your time. The implementation of electronic prescriptions sees a once in a generation change to the way that prescriptions are managed and dispensed within Australia. For further information on how you can implement electronic prescriptions, please visit training.digitalhealth.gov.au. And we'll see you next time.